Welcome, Quest for You fans and friends, to another episode of Quest for You, the podcast that is here to help you connect more with yourself. And today couldn't be a better episode to do exactly that. And I pulled in help. I have my friend Charlie Ribich on this interview. We talk all about connection, this deeper connection with ourselves that I cover in so many of my episodes. And I can't wait for you to listen to this interview. And before I say anything else, I want to put this out there that Charlie is hosting an online workshop that is completely free. And that's on May 18th, which is coming up. So that's why I wanted to say this first. So you have a chance to sign up quickly. I will put the link to the workshop in my show notes. And if you want to hear what the workshop is all about, you have to listen to this interview. But I'll give you a little bit of a teaser. Charlie has dedicated himself to helping us communicate better, but not just any type of communication. He really found a niche by helping people that are on opposing sides and their political views to come together to find common ground. And there isn't a better time than now to do that. But I would bet that even if you don't have political disagreements at home, but you have other challenges in terms of communication with your loved ones, Charlie can help you. And you can hear this from this interview. He actually walks me through a conversation that I can have with a good friend that I brought up as an example. And he shows us how we can approach those challenging conversations. And like I said, they don't have to be about politics. So if you struggle, maybe unable to talk with your partner or with close friends about difficult topics, and I'm sure there's a lot of those right now, you have to listen to this conversation. And it was truly a conversation. I just had the best time. I learned so much. And he shares a lot of amazing tips with us. And you know I'm a fan of simple things that we can implement right away. And he brings those to us. We talk a lot about journaling, breathing, meditation. There was simple yet highly underrated activities that connect us more with ourselves. What I really like about this conversation is the general idea that conflict isn't something negative. Conflict is, as Charlie says, change waiting to happen. It's an opportunity to come together, to explore who we are, what our differences are all about, and most likely why we care so much. Because a lot of times we come from a place of passion and we care a lot about the things that matter to us. And yes, we may not always agree, but we can come together. And this is what Charlie teaches. So my friends, please listen to this episode. I am sure it will add a lot of value to your life. And check Charlie out. His website is beyondpolarization.com. And if you want to attend his event on May 18th, then check the show notes for the link. With that, I leave you to enjoy this wonderful conversation about mindfulness and so many other amazing topics. And let me know if you have any feedback for me. Much love. Hi, Charlie. 
Thank you for joining my interview here today. You are a recommendation from my friend Laura, and I'm really excited to learn more about you. And it's Laura is a common friend of ours, of course. Her and I, we actually just went hiking yesterday. And when I read about you, there are like there's so many key words that, when combined, seem to make a very unique mix. Mindfulness, sales, organizational leadership. How would you describe what you do? Oh, thanks, Janine. And so happy to be here with you. And um, you know, really honored to be on your podcast. And yeah, it's you know, I've I've spent the last 25 years of my life, really since high school and ended high school and college, where I got really interested in in social transformation and, and politics. I, I started in college actually being quite involved in politics and local and thinking I was wanted to go into politics and involved in the Democratic Party. San Diego State when I went to school. And and then I got into mindfulness. And I, I took a, a world religions class way back then. And when we talked about um, Buddhism and Hinduism and and like the teachings of the gospels and you know saw all this commonality, I, I really I, I had kind of a a shift. You know, I, I, I got really interested in meditation and, and you know, mindfulness and, and started practicing and learning meditation and and then got into mediation. Uh, I was getting ready to go to law school and I, I, I just, something hit me hit that just realized, you know, the way that we've done conflict resolution and the way we've solved our problems and the way our politics works is just really not very functional and, and not optimal. And I started then I started then I, I became a certified mediator and um, did volunteer mediation for a long time in San Francisco. And then I also got into sales um, really at the time because I didn't know how to make a living doing mediation. And I knew, you know, I'd learned good communication skills and my dad had done sales and I ended up getting involved doing sales starting back then in my twenties. And at first really hated sales because I hated the pushy, you know, the, the high pressure, the intensity of it. That, was, that, that wasn't my mindset, but, but I ended up getting really good at it um, because I started to bring all these skills together, the mindfulness, the uh, soft skills of mediation, you know, listening, uh, what we do in active listening, trying to understand the goals and the pains and really connect with people. And then the sales part where, you know, you're trying to, you know, I was trying to move things forward together um, for whatever project, you know, whatever you're trying to sell or, or engage or persuade somebody about. So it's been kind of my journey, you know, for these last 25 years. And it's been really interesting. I, I, I didn't know then that it would kind of come to this, but like, and I didn't know this, how big a role the sales would play in the work I do now. Because sales plays a really big role. That's what kind of got me started all, all those years ago. I think mindfulness is, is not something that, I could be wrong, but for most people, it's not something that lies just on our path and that we pick up along the way as we're going through life. I think it, there's usually some kind of an event or something that leads us down that road. Was there something in your life that triggered this pursuing of a more mindful way to living? Well, that's a great question. That's such a great question. I, I honestly think um, suffering, <laughs> right? When we're up against suffering and, and we're not, that's, that's, usually, uh, that's usually a motivator to figure out. I, I think it really kind of came from my interest in just my childhood. I didn't have a terrible childhood in any, by any stretch, but I did have a lot of conflict in my, with my, to my parents. 
and you know a couple divorces in there and and a lot of confusion as a kid i think trying to trying to sort everything trying to sort it out so that really kind of got me got me interested in it and then um you know the mindfulness in terms of my work and in terms of doing sales was just really noticing how when i was calm and centered um how much better i was i think mm-hmm. So that's kind of where the, the practice kind of, you know, kind of went from there. It's very um, interesting because it could have, you know, the whole conflicts. I think conflicts always have the possibility to lead us down kind of a good path. I mean, sometimes kind of a not so good path, right? And you yeah. seemed like you really looked inward instead of trying to numb yourself with everything you were, you know, young people tend to sometimes just numb themselves and tune things out. It looks like yeah. you went inward and really tried to find a way to deal with it, which is fascinating. Yeah, and, and I had a I had a lot of help and and did a did a lot of work on it. I had some, some amazing teachers and, and support and uh, coaches and uh, counselors even. Um, and but I do think it's really what's I when you know talking about my work today. It's really one of the core things that's taken me in all the skills that I teach and do and trying to share, is how to really embrace what comes up with conflict and to see it as an opportunity, uh, rather than a problem. That you know it's kind of the spiritual part that I feel like I bring in is is realizing and think that framing it in a way that you know conflict is is change trying to happen. Mm-hmm. It's 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 growth that's wanting to happen change inside me mm-hmm. or inside and inside the other person and in the situation and that's kind of the way i think you know we all know that the, the world and the universe works that it's 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 in flux and it's it's constantly changing and growing and evolving the way i've seen my journey has been that wow look how much i've grown and learned and evolved and and i frame it the same way working with clients you know when they're dealing with conflict in their family or um, that's, you know, that's the primary work I'm doing now is people who are having conflict inside their families around politics, you know, where one person's liberal and the other, uh, like usually, you know, an adult kid and the parents conservative. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's all, that's typical one. And of course, lots of others, but, but really giving people the tools, the inner tools, which is the mindfulness and all that mm-hmm. and the reflection and then the outer tools, how to actually have good conversations. That's a very interesting niche. What brought you to specifically working with families and helping resolve that conflict. Yeah, thanks. It's, it's evolved over time. And over the years, once I started doing mindfulness, actually I was teaching mindfulness, taught you know, over the 20 years, many, many thousands of probably hundreds of mindfulness classes and you know, for thousands of people, and then started teaching uh, mediation and sales as well too. But really it's personal for me. I think the part that's me is, is that there's always been a part of me that's known that this world could be a lot different. The way we do things, the way we, the way we communicate, the way we frame conflict, the way we, oh, the way we just live on this planet that, you know, like a lot of people think maybe we're, we're kind of coming up against a, a, a boiling point in that right now, that mm-hmm. like some of the problems we've had are a result of that. And so we have to shift it. And that's always been part of that passion of mine of, of really believing that it's possible we can create a peaceful planet. And an economy that's uh, sustainable and, and works for everybody. And that oftentimes what the real problem is between people who are so-called conservative and so-called liberal is we have different approaches about going about solving problems. And the approaches are creating conflicts. But when we really can communicate underneath that and understand our motivations and why we're doing things and uh, why we care about things, that we can create resolution to conflict and, and then 
really start creating some powerful solutions. So I really, I got into this part about working with families because I just felt like, well, this is, this is, you know, the part of the, of this puzzle that I want to work on. If we're ever going to have move things forward, um, especially in this country, we've, we've just got to learn how to communicate better with each other and, and, and have, and empower each other with these skills and get out of the, you know, the constant fray of, um, the political polarization and, uh, the, the, a lot of the beliefs that we each carry when we take those into our conversations creates a lot of conflict. But that's kind of it for me. Just like if I want to, if we're ever going to create a better world, we've just got to learn how to communicate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's a, I think you found your way of how to make a difference in probably a big way because I'm not very political, but I can kind of relate to this because I think a lot of people, their political orientation is part of their identity. And then when you're in close proximity or living with someone that, doesn't share that same view, I can see how that, I have a good friend that lives in Texas and I used to live in Texas and he's a really good friend, but we just, and especially now when we talk, we talk a lot about what's going on and the president comes up and politics comes up in our conversations and we just cannot come together at all in our conversations on this topic Mm -hmm. his view is so vastly different and different from my view and um i i think that's a tall order that you set for yourself (laughs) to me you know i'm not (laughs) i'm not vested in it because it's just a friendship and he's far away but i can't imagine if it was somebody that was really close to me so i can definitely understand the criticality of what the work that you're doing so important yeah yeah Yeah, and and don't you think i'm curious also that you know, like being able to connect with those friends and speak to them and also um, in some way kind of dial down that conversation and create some some movement forward is helpful or important or it is important. It's just either we I either drop the conversation that yeah. the topic yeah. and focus on something else or one approach that I have tried and that sometimes seems to work is like we find the lowest, I find the lowest common denominator. Like what yes. is one thing we can agree on? Would you, and, and like I'm going down to, okay, well, now this is a fact. This was in the news. Do you agree that this happened? And then when he yes. says, yes, this did happen. He shouldn't have said this. I'm like, okay, at least we have a common, we have a common denominator but then from there, it, it goes all different ways. And it's hard. Well, I appreciate you sharing that just because that's kind of what I do in working with people. And like what you were just sharing that I appreciate was kind of like, you know, so often in these conversations and we're so polarized right now um, mm. and things are so heated that, we're, you know, like you're not going to convince him to, you know, if you try to convince him or he tries to convince you like that, you know, you shouldn't be supporting Trump. That what he, you know, that, that, that his opinions on, you know, these different policies are really bad. Uh, he's not going to no, go along with that. because you up here. And he's not going to do the same thing with you and talking about things that you care about, you know, what the parts that you might, I'm not sure what issues you care about, and you know, maybe being more liberal, but um, maybe the environment or mm-hmm. whatever. But I love what you just said is that um, first part is, you know, finding common ground, what things you can agree on, and also how you frame the conversation up front. So this is, this is the thing, you know, it's like, that's the part I teach in teaching skill set is I kind of think about a, a, like a three part thing. There's like how you create the container for the conversation to happen. Mm. And sometimes in there, you might even start in that creating that container on the upfront saying, Hey, I know we're not going to agree, 
on a lot of things. I know we're not going to agree on particular issues or how you feel and politics, and all, but I really want to understand you better. And I really want to see where possibilities that we can agree on things because I care about you mm. and, you know, and I care about like things that we could possibly do that we agree on that maybe makes the world better. Mm. You know? And and then, and then how do you feel about that mm. and frame it that way? So it kind of gets him agreeing like, okay. And, and in sales, we call this, we call this um, handling an objection, transforming an objection. So it's kind of like, I'm not going to try to even, you know, if someone says, oh, Trump's the best. Yeah. Okay. I understand. It's like, I acknowledge. And I'm also like, I'm not, but then I want to kind of get, then you're making that invitation to try to get underneath Hmm. to like, what are the things he cares about? And then you can, and you know, what, what are some of the things you agree on? And then the other piece I do is the, is the active listening piece. This is the second part of skills. It's like, okay, now how can you ask him really uh, interesting, powerful questions that just helps you better understand him? And his feelings about things and needs without like we're not going to talk about policy we're not going to talk like i want to know about you mm-hmm. like how, how you know and understand understand what motivates you and how you understand these things and then it's kind of like curiosity right and then you start now you're in a conversation and you're starting to dig in there so the goal really is having a conversation the goal is not so much agreeing because right. highly unlikely right that as you pointed out we're highly polarized and we're so sometimes on deep ends way far on either either end of the spectrum it's very hard to come and really agree i found as long as i feel like as long as we can still have a conversation about it maybe even laugh a little bit yeah. it's good right i love humor yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> i mean you can have some laugh about it i mean then that's such a diffuser right mm-hmm. and i think really over about you know the, th- the three things i talk about in, in communication for these problems is, is having the right mindset, heart set and skill set. Hmm, so nice. the mindset is like what you're doing is like having an open mind, believing it, opening your mind to maybe things are what that anything's possible that we, we are, you have a lot of power to create and maybe create, make things happen. And then the heart set is that curiosity and that connection that really the goal, if the goal is going to be to try to change his mind, that's a whole other thing. And we, we, you can actually, I can, I coach people on having those kind of conversations too. If you really want to go at it with somebody, how you do that. Hmm. Um, but for most times, if it's your friend or it's a loved one or, you know, some, the goal is more to, to deepen the connection and, hmm. and see if you can move something forward, but maybe you're not going to move them forward the whole way, but maybe you move them forward a whole, a little bit. And I also tell this to political activists because sometimes I work with activists who are very, strong uh like you know on the streets uh like you know going door to door doing political activism work uh, voter registrations that kind of stuff and sometimes i teach how to actually handle independent voters who might be leaning like so i've worked with some liberal, uh, democratic groups and, and you know uh, i was working with them how to work with independent voters um how to persuade them a bit so to kind of get into some of these conversations and then use some of these active listening skills to just try to understand. Because when, you, when, when someone feels more understood and you take that time to ask them questions, now they're going to be much more open to listen to you mm-hmm. and, and hear your perspective. So if your goal then is to try to trend, you know, get them to change their mind, we first have to do, a, do that listening and create rapport and create trust and create understanding and use some of these skills. Like basically you're, you're showing them how you use these skills and in a way, you reflect to them about how they might also use these skills. It's also, I find sometimes I get to know the other person better. 
a little bit. They're very passionate about something, even though it's something I don't agree with. But there's underlying reasons why they're passionate about it. And in me asking more questions and showing curiosity, I I get a little bit underneath, right? I hear, I find out, like this friend of mine, he works in the city, in an administrator there in the city working with the mayor. And so there is a whole lot of other things going on that I can totally relate to of what he's trying to do, like keeping the city safe and he's on calls with the governor once a week. And I mean, there's other things going on and he has really some positive underlying motives. Yes. So yeah, up here is his believe he's a Republican, right? That's up here. But underneath, there's so many other things that make him who he is that, you know, the person that I can relate to many of these other smaller things of why he does what he does. I, I, yeah, I can understand better now what you do. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and isn't that just beautiful? Mm. Like, I hear you just reflecting on Isn't that beautiful? Like, mm. just you t- taking that time and doing that, like, how much you better understood him? And it, like, feel like it, I could feel, I could feel my heart open and I could feel like your heart open. And it's kind of like, you know, so oftentimes we're, when we're up here, like you're saying, I'm using the hands and, um, you know, I, like, and we're, and I'm a Democrat and they're a Republican and, you know, and I can, I, I'm a, there's a lot of beliefs I have, but then once you really get curious and start having conversations, you kind of realize, wow, this person like sounds like your friend, you know, has a big heart and is yeah. trying to do some amazing things. Mm-hmm. And we're never quite so simple, right? We're never, it's never so, it's never so black and white. And, mm-hmm. and then you're, and then you're kind of getting under to a deeper place where now you really are, are feeling more connected and, and, and appreciating that person. And, um, and then I'm sure it's mutual with them too. So, so how does the mindfulness piece come into it? Is it the act of listening? Is it being in the moment? What is, how does mindfulness play into this kind of work? Mindfulness to me, I know there's a lot of different ways people talk about it, but uh, for me, it's really how present can I be to what's going on in the moment, in the situation, right? So like even right now, if I take a moment and I pause and I just feel my breath and notice, you know, the chair, you know, I notice I'm, I'm looking at you on the screen. I know everyone else is hearing our voice, you know, and I, and I become very present. What often happens uh, when we get really busy or when we're moving and doing a lot of things, or if we get triggered uh, is that we get very unpresent. And there's a, there's a lot of great science now behind mindfulness that describes how it works and brain science and things. And when we're really present and we're kind of in the moment, the brain does all kinds of amazing things. We're happier. We feel more just comfortable and relaxed, more connected to ourselves, the people, the situation we're in. And also we're more creative in our, our and they show in um, brain scans that the frontal lobe of the brain's more active. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where all our creative creativity and rational thinking comes from and things like that. But what can happen when we, when emotions get intense is it triggers a part of our brain called the amygdala. And that amygdala is right on the tip of our, of the stem of our brain, which is our our reptilian brain. And they say literally that we've evolved over the millions of years, hundreds of millions of years from from reptiles. And we've, and and the more rational parts of our brain function kind of evolved on top of this reptilian brain. And the reptilian brain is the part of us that's basically fight, flight, or freeze. Like it's, it's just, that's its job is it's like a very primitive reflective kind of, uh, so like if you're about to get hit by a, you know, a bus, that fear kicks in and your amygdala kicks in and then that uh, flee thing and you're going to move fast before mm-hmm. you even have a chance to think about it, right? 
But when we're under a really stressful situations, oftentimes that amygdala gets triggered. And then we lose our ration, our, our, we go, we get irrational or we get super emotional or we get really triggered or we get really upset. And I'm sure, you know, you know, when we, when that happens to each of us, like that good things don't happen in our relationships and our conversations when we get from That's for sure. <laughs> so mindfulness is just the practice of, um, of regulating the breath and becoming more present. And it's uh, usually I, all the time I teach mindfulness is, is with breath. And as a practice, when we practice mindfulness, um, that we can actually increase our ability to stay present in the moment and, and even monitor ourselves when we notice, okay, I'm getting really upset now or I'm getting really triggered now. And rather than flying off, can actually kind of stay present in the moment and, and, and be more effective in communication. So I teach that a lot. I model it a lot too. So I've done, you know, many times I've done mediations. Um, it can get pretty heated. And, and I just model that by just helping the person stay calm. And even like, sometimes if it's really intense, it's like, okay, can we all just pause right now and take a breath mm-hmm. and come, come back? Because usually what happens is, especially in political things, if it gets really heated is we get, it gets really charged. So mindfulness is just such a great tool, just breath, just taking some breaths mm-hmm. and calming and slowing the situation down is usually one of the most effective things. And how can we remember that when we're in the heat of the moment to take well, breath? Great question. You know, what I do is, and, and so in that first part, one of the three skill sets I talk about, the first part, creating the container, is we also part of that is creating ground rules. So, mm-hmm. and I give these to people uh, like a sheet when, you know, as a practice and thinking when they're going to have these conversations, is to kind of, we practice it, I practice it with them, and then they can practice it when they go into the conversation. But if you think it's likely to be, a, you know, it could be perhaps either one, when you're framing that conversation, say, hey, I want to just kind of have a couple ground rules here. And one of those ground rules is if it gets heated or it gets too hot, we can take a pause. We can pause on this and we can both take a tough pause and just get breath. Because my goal here is I don't want to get all, you know, heated up and then we're going to get a big argument. My goal is to stay present. So just kind of naming that. And then if it starts to get heated and you know you notice yourself kind of getting heated, you say, hey, I just need to take a pause right now and take a breath. And and um, the amazing thing is when you do that and you you're modeling that, usually you're then now you're sharing these tools with that other person and usually they kind of go okay yeah i noticed i was getting heated too and and can calm down i can see this also very practical in many other areas especially right now in this time that we are in i'm sure people are just under a great amount of stress yeah i i, I think mindfulness can can help us yeah in many in many areas of life i think i struggle always with remembering it It, Mm. it's not second nature and i believe you can tell me if i'm wrong but i believe it comes with practice and is meditation the best way to practice mindfulness or what do you recommend i recommend meditation i mean it's called different there's different kind of things to i mean classic meditation is you know sitting down on the cushion right and you know creating a little place where you meditate or something like that but Uh, and I have that and I, I do that and I, I try to do it every day. I don't, I don't manage to do it every day, but mm-hmm. I do, I do try to do it. Every day. But I, so I do practice. I get a lot of help. There's so many great resources out there now. Um, totally. There's meditation apps. Mm-hmm. Now there's one called insight timer that I use a lot that I really like. It's, it's a free uh, download. And then if you pay for the premium, you can get all kinds of um, meditation practices included in it. Um, those are really helpful. You know, I also get a lot of support. I, I have a, I belong to a church here in Oakland that um, is not very non-denominational and, and not really religious in a way. It's much more this kind of like um, based on 
uh, a lot of mindfulness included in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, and that's kind of, you know, it's kind of like my support network that I have. And I do think you're right. Like, you know, in these times, especially it's, it's, it's really stressful because there's, there's so much uncertainty, right? And with that uncertainty comes fear. And then with that fear, then our, you know, that's where the amygdala can get tripped up. And I have so much compassion for myself and for others because this has been a really hard time for me too. Mm-hmm. Oh, and sure. I'm noticing how much I'm having to do my own practices to stay centered. And then, then that carries into the conversations I need to have, right? But yeah, those are some of the things I Is there I, something particular that you do that really helps you? Is it, what's... One, one, one great meditation I can recommend, and this is a simple one, if in, in little moments in your day, is, is a simple breathing exercise. And it's, it's just, it's basically just a counted breath, yeah. counting your breath. So you can, uh, for like breathing in for five seconds and then holding for two seconds and then exhaling for five seconds. And the breath directly regulates the nervous system. That's what's just so amazing. It's so simple. It directly regulates the nervous system. Um, so you probably notice that we all like if we're kind of if we're feeling a little agitated, our breath oftentimes gets gets off, or, or our breath gets really shallow. If we're really scared or really kind of under stress, it can get really shallow. Yeah. Um, if we're if we're over amped, it will get it'll get too amped. It'll get moving too fast. So, but so having that nice deep taking a, a nice deep breath and inhalation for five seconds, you know, counting my head, and then holding for two seconds. And then exhaling for five seconds, and then just repeating that a few times. Just repeat that a few times, and you'll and I, you'll you start to, you'll start to notice an immediate difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just calms your mind, um, brings your awareness back into your frontal lobe, uh, start to dissipate fear. Really, really, really powerful. Really mm-hmm. simple. I do that sometimes. I don't necessarily count, but I do when I feel myself getting a little tense and worried. Yeah. I I remember my breath. My breath yeah. is my most essential tool that I have at my disposal at any time. I just take some deep breaths and yeah, like you said, I immediately feel it. Now for someone who is like a little bit of a critic and might say, well, breathing isn't going to help me resolve any issues. What would you say to that? This is how I do it. It's same as in communication. Acknowledge the objection. I'd never try to like meet someone's objection with another objection. Like meet it because then it's kind of like now we're in conflict. And I'm going to make them more defensive. So acknowledge, oh, that's really interesting. Why do you think that's, you know, what, that's not going to work for you? Or why do you think that's not great? Or, you know, I'd be curious. And then at some point I might ask them that. And then I would probably say, well, try it. You know, what, what, what happens if you try it? I don't think I've ever, I, I really, I don't think I've ever met anybody who, when they get to using their breath, doesn't notice the difference. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's just our physiology. I think sometimes, and I have worked with people who are very attached to their, in the political conversation, very attached to their stories, very attached to their beliefs, and can get very heated quickly. And in that kind of case, actually, I know the most important thing I have to do in that case is just start with their breath. Just, we're just going to breathe, you know, just like, we're, let's just, let's just, I don't want to do anything else. Let's just hang out together. Let's just take a couple breaths together and downregulate people. I mean, that's kind of extreme, but, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes, um, it really works. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just, it's just science. It's um, how our, how our bodies and the breath works. And, you know, there's two things I could just say on that, you know, it's just some more of the science is um, maybe sometimes the science helps, you know, people, you know, for our brains, if we're feeling cynical or, or skeptical, totally. Um, is that we have, we have two types of nervous systems. There's two parallel nervous systems. There's our, our parasympathetic and our sympathetic nervous system. 
And the sympathetic one is the, oh gosh, I'm hoping I'm, it's been a while since I've had this conversation. Now, so I'm hoping <laughs> I'll get them backwards. But the sympathetic one is the one that's, that's attached to more of our amygdala brain and the fight, flight, or freeze brain. And people who've had a lot of stress or when we in stress or even trauma, that sympathetic nervous system can be really activated. And you can notice it, you can notice that's where you can feel it in your body or notice it in somebody else. And they really have a lot of tension and a lot of anxiety um, their body, that's because of the sympathetic nervous system. They just, they've just been stuck in a fight, flight, or freeze. Something happened, and it hasn't resolved in their nervous system, so they're kind of stuck there. Um, the breathing and the mindfulness, yoga, being out in nature, any of these things um, downregulates the sympathetic nervous system and, and upregulates the parasympathetic nervous system. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that's connected to, to our more calm state, to resting, to um, like what we're talking about, like the same things that mindfulness helps us get into the parasympathetic. And, and it's, 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 again, it's, it's like a survival tool that our bodies have just evolved. So what is it that you're working on now these days? What is, you, what is your central focus? I know you still do sales as a full-time profession, but your passion is really helping people become more mindful and more compassionate in their communication with each other. So what is it that you're currently working on? Yeah, I think so. I'm working on, I'm launching a new workshop um, starting May 18th. And it's going to be a free uh, introductory workshop on mindful communication. And I'm going to share three of the key skills, about about, about seven skills that I teach um, in my one-on-one coaching and uh, group coaching. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to offer this free workshop to share and I'm primarily focusing it on people in the political conversation because that's just my, that's just feels like my, my primary interest and sweet spot. Like, like you said, these skills are really, I mean, they're really helpful for anyone in any of their communication, you know? So I use some of the same things, same things I'm teaching when I'm teaching sales or like teaching people how to have really great persuasive conversations. Uh, it's great for couples, you know, it's great for friendships. Um, but my primary focus is, is right now is on the politics. And uh, so I'm doing this workshop and then going to offer, you know, from that, if people want to work with me in coaching, I'm also going to do a, like a, a group coaching program in the weeks that follow that. And I'm just developing this. I'm just offering more skills on the website, more tools. Um, and my goal is really to get this out in the world more. I just think there's um, so much pain and suffering. We're going through, we're going through so much right now with this crisis and just want to give people tools to help them through this crisis and with their relationships, you know, so that hopefully we can come through this and, you know, start to move through some of this polarization and, um, you know, have some, some, have some healing in our country. That's, that's what I'm doing now. First of all, we're all going through a difficult time right now. And then imagine people, couples, then on top of that, being politically divided. That must add even more stress to relationships then we already have this stress right now with this virus so no. i think it's super oh, important what you're doing yeah thanks and i just want to point out one thing i think you know the stress that people have from our news right now i have so much compassion with people because i feel like you and i are having this great conversation around mindfulness and communication and when i work with people and give and we practice some of these skills are so they're really simple and people actually start to have really great conversations and breakthroughs with each other. And it just, it's a game changer. And I have so much com- com- uh, compassion because it's not only this virus going on, but even before the virus, right, there was just so much in our media that is creating all this division. 
there's so much, you know, you've got the conservative media that's really um, pushing, tripping people up. And then, you know, I think in our liberal media, we have a lot of uh, Trump bashing, you know, that's going on. And, and and we're just in such an intense place. And I don't want to say that either is wrong. That's what part of my, my job. It, like, like you just talked about with your friend, like you didn't make him wrong for believing anything he did. Mm-hmm. But, but, but I think the future and, and just for like having good relationships is pivot, right? Is to learn how to do these kind of good communication skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can do it. So, and it's just, it's, a, I know it's a specific challenge right now because, because of the political landscape and the media landscape that we have right now. And I hope someday that changes. Tell um, me how you find your clients. How do people find you? If they know they have this, these issues, how it wouldn't occur to me that somebody like you existed. How do you connect with your future clients? People can go to my website, uh, beyondpolarization.com. Beyondpolarization.com, that's where I have some resources. And I'm updating that website because this is my newest variation. I've been evolving with this as well, too, as you said. Um, So I'm doing some more updates to the website, but they can find information there. And I'm just doing more outreach. I'm 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 connecting with more people. Um, I think there is a growing movement of people out there in the the country who do want to see this kind of change and are doing this kind of work. There are some others, um, not not a lot right now. Uh, How I'm reaching clients is just by having lots of really great conversations like this with you. (laughs) So really, really grateful to be on this with you. And doing outreach, you know, via social media and um, building email lists and, you know, networking and things like that. Just trying to let people know that I'm out there and that, you know, and have these skills to share um, with them. Right. So what is something that gives you hope right now in this challenging Mm. time? Mm. Mm. And I'm also asking because I'm... With a self-interest, you know, I'm. We're all struggling, so I'd like to learn and understand what is it mm-hmm. that other people are doing that could help me too. Mm-hmm. You know, what gives me hope? Gosh, there's a lot of things that give me hope. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of hope that I see uh, out in the world right now. People being kind to each other. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I see that this crisis has kind of stopped everything for a little bit, kind of like been a disruptive force. And that disruption is both scary, but it's also opportunity, you know? So yesterday afternoon, I was pulling off my driveway and there was a group of kids and parents who were doing a little parade down my street because uh, half a block down uh, is their, is, was their teacher. And the kids had signs and they were thanking their teacher. And then, you know, also this other thing, maybe a little more, you know, philosophical, but I, I was a history major in college. And I was really fortunate. That was part of the thing that I think got me going in this in this drive too. Was I had some really amazing teachers who looked at history from the perspective that humanity is kind of evolving, and we go through these different phases. And at different times, there's great disruptions and great crises. And out of those great disruptions, great change happens. I mean, in the Great Depression, a lot of a lot of positive things ended up happening out of that. Medicare came out of that. Some of the great programs came out of that minimum wage came out of that. You know, the middle class was created after World War II as a direct result of programs that were created from the New Deal, which was the response to the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. And the, the height of America was in the, in terms of how big the middle class was, was in like the fifth is like in the sixties. And that all came from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been other great moments in history too, you know, where we've had huge crises, but great changes that there, I can go and I can talk about a few more of those, but like, you know, I'll, I'll say one more. The French Revolution was a really great one. From the French Revolution, before that, we had 
we had feudalism and people were like peasants living on land, like slaves almost, a lot of people. And all these things that we take of as our rights and our liberties and our independence and the rule of law, none of that existed. And then this great crisis happened in Europe where it was a, it was environmental crisis because they had droughts and the crop yield was terrible. And they had all these kind of people thinking, hey, this doesn't work and this old system doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And then they had a great moment where they said, okay, we're going to create it. We're going we're gonna to change. And, and out of that crisis came, you know, like it was about the same time the American Revolution, you know, these new ideas. I like that you put this on, gave us a little bit of uh, historical background, because I think all we talk about when we're talking about history right now, from what I see in the news is comparing the economic impact and, and, oh, this is much worse than the Great Depression. But like I said, there's so much more to learn from history. Yeah, maybe we are going to, not maybe, I think we are going to be suffering quite a bit in terms of the economy, but... I think there was going to be some other good things come out of that. I agree with you. Yeah. And the signs are already there. You see you see some of it. And I, that's what also is my hope. I hear that so much from people. I think this whole, and I talk to people who are conservative as well, too. Or, and, you know, a lot of conservative people, I know this, and probably some who are going to listen to this know that, you know, they, they, they like Trump because Trump actually, he got elected on change. You know, a lot of people when the left wants a big change that mm-hmm. a lot of people just realize what's how we've been doing things is not working. And I just don't think we've had a clear narrative about, okay, what is, what is a unified way that we can move forward? So that's my hope really in these conversations, like, you know, you with your friend or like, what are some of the positive things? So like even us today, like, okay, what are some positive things we can do to move forward? Yeah. That's my hope too, is that we can have a lot more conversations like this on a, on a, bigger scale Mm -hmm. um and then holy crap excuse my language i just think we can do so much you know our human potential is so great and when we're locked in conflict we just it's hard to move things forward but our potential is so great to to make big changes the one big thing that i and that that stands out for me right now is every day every minute almost i have a chance i can look at the negative or i can look at the positive I can look at what I don't have, what I'm missing, what I wish I could have, or I can look at what I have, what's here right now. And there's so much. I mean, I'm in my apartment. I'm safe. I'm, yeah, I don't, I can't go wherever I want to go. I can't, you know, go to the gym. I can, I can't do what I used, but I can do other things. I can do so many other things. Mm -hmm. And I, I see this always, every time my brain wants to pull me into Oh, I wish you could do this. Mm-hmm. I w- and then I'm I'm trying to come back and say, I'm trying to be present. Because here's the other thing. I also mm-hmm. think that there's going to be a time where I'm going to regret that this time right now, that mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And so I try to, and this is always what I think about when I want to start worrying. I'm like, do not waste time on worry. I have so many other things I can do, even if it's just editing our interview after this. Mm. I mean, there is other things I can do right now, and I do not want to lose valuable time worrying. I decided mm. I can worry when it's time to worry. Not right mm. now. <laughs> uh, I said, I amen to that. I'm just like, um, that's it. And that's what I, that's it. And because I've been developing, you know, this is how I've just been kind of pulling this in and thinking about it. And that's why I came up with mindset, heart set, and skill set. And mindset is like just that mindset we just talked about. Mm-hmm. It's staying positive. Like every moment we have a choice. And it's hard, you know, sometimes we get hijacked by our minds. It's just, it, but oh, here's another, and here's the next moment. 
and just and staying positive and mm -hmm. you know there's all the science about positive psychology and gratitude and, and that's actually one of the supportive practices i give to people besides mindfulness is is a gratitude practice you know just every day writing in a journal five things you're grateful for yeah Again, that just shifts our mindset. And because we can so easily, all of us, go into worry and fear, all of that. Mm -hmm. And I just so appreciate what you just said, like, you know, like saying positive and how you move it forward. And I'm the exact same way. I can go and I can sit and, oh gosh, I can start looking too much Facebook or, or the news and totally. going to worry, right? It's like, okay, what can I do um, to, to move things forward in my life right now? Like working on these workshops and these classes I'm doing or doing my work, just something positive that's moving forward or, or it's or self or self care, you know, okay, I'm going to meditate now. I'm going to call a friend now. I'm going to call, uh, you know, one of my family members, I'm going to go, go out in nature for a little bit because we can still go in nature. Right. And yeah. I'll go out and hike. It's a continuous opportunity. Yes. So before I end, is there anything else you would like to cover in this interview that make sure we add? I just so appreciate everything you brought up. I, I think um, it's it's been a wonderful conversation. I, I, I love having a conversation around mindfulness and communication. We talked a lot about the mindfulness piece. And, you know, I just, I guess the piece I had is just, I know from people listening and sometimes the, the, the toughest objection I run into, <laughs> people who want to have these conversations is feeling nervous that these conversations could be tricky or, or scary or, you know, because they've had some uh, challenges in the past. Um, and I just want to encourage that, you know, I know with the mindset, the heart set and the skill set and working on that mindset, heart set and skill set that you can really have incredible breakthrough, loving, healing conversations with friends and family members. And we can, if we can do it. So it's just that encouragement mm -hmm. want us to encourage people um, and come to my class or any class or anything. I don't mean, but, um, you know, we're, we're going to cover a lot of those skills in my class, but um, just just to give people that encouragement. That's, that's the only piece I would add. Great. So, and I will link to all your contact information and the uh, workshop in the show notes for this podcast. So is there any other place you want people to go to? No, that's fine. I think probably the, the website, I'm updating the website now with the, we have an event right page for the land for the event, but I'll, yeah. I'll up the, all the information on the website. So Awesome. Well, you shared a lot of pieces of advice and things people can literally do right now. I mean, gratitude, writing down five things we're grateful for is something very easy we can do immediately. And like you said, breathing also, you know, it shifts our mind. It brings us back into the moment. And I think we don't we don't really know much beyond that. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring almost, right? It's The numbers are not good. So all we can do, we can focus and be present right now. I think that's the best advice that we can give to people. I'm really thankful for this conversation. I think it's very timely aside from You know, of course, your workshop and the work that you're doing, which is always timely, but it's, I think it's especially timely right now. So, so thank you. Really appreciate awesome. it. You're so welcome. Thank you so much too. And I, I so appreciate the time with you and the dialogue and the work you're doing to share, you know, all these different voices out there with your podcast and, uh, you know, the change that you're making too. So just really mutual gratitude and, um, yeah.